Welcome to the City Church Cardiff podcast. We're an Elim Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired and impacted by this message. Have you ever researched your family tree? Anybody done a bit of research into your genealogy? It's interesting, a few years ago, I got a bit fascinated by trying to find out a bit more about my ancestors. And what I discovered, because I'm from Scotland, by the way, that means that you can check all the genealogy records online, which is, is great, you can see it from home. What I discovered in looking at things like census records and marriage certificates, and death certificates is you see often the person's occupation detailed. Very helpful. And I realized that a lot of people on my dad's side of the family were weavers in previous generations. They were weavers, not beavers. They were weavers. They, they, they made the cloth. And on my mum's side, many of them were tailors. So they cut the cloth, kind of linked, right? interesting. And it kind of made me a little bit proud of my heritage. I thought, wow, I, I come from a line on both sides of craftsmen and women. When you start looking at the beginning of the New Testament, that's the Gospel of Matthew, it starts with an enormous family tree. And that family tree, you know, you see it right at the beginning with Abraham. Everyone heard of Abraham? Yeah. And then it kind of carries through the generations, all these names that you don't recognize, finally getting to Jesus. And somewhere near the middle, there's a well-known figure, David. Everybody remember David and Goliath? Yeah. So David was right in that same family tree, and he was Israel's most famous king. And so if you were related in some way to David, that was a badge of honor. You would count yourself a son or a daughter of David. It indicated that, you know, you had royal blood in some way. Well, from David, if we look forward about 27 generations or about 1,800 years, you finally get to a young man called Joseph. And Joseph, he wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't wealthy. In fact, he was a humble carpenter, is what the Bible tells us. And it says that Joseph belonged to the house and line of David. So he knew who he belonged to. Who do you belong to? I don't know if you know your family tree. I don't know if you know much about your heritage. Maybe you're really proud of your heritage. You know you come from a, a long line of amazing people. Or perhaps, as some people find out, you come from a line of crooks and swindlers and murderers. Anybody ever seen programs like, Who Do You Think You Are? Anybody seen that? You know, and you get these kind of surprises like, whoa, when somebody discovers who their great-great-great-grandfather might have been. Well, I don't want to talk so much this evening about your natural heritage. I want to focus for a few minutes on your spiritual heritage. You see, when someone commits their life to follow Jesus, that's what it means to be a Christian, to follow Jesus, then you get adopted into 
God's family and you belong to Jesus. So just like Joseph belonged to the house and line of David, when you become a Christian, you belong to Jesus. I belong to King Jesus. Could you say that with me? I belong to King Jesus. That's right. For somebody who considers themselves a Christian, they can say that with confidence. I belong to King Jesus. Anyway, let's get back to the story of Joseph. So I want to read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And this is a little bit of the beginning of the story where we first hear about Joseph. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your holy and your precious words. Amen. So this young man, Joseph, he had a big challenge, a big decision to make. He was engaged, or as you might see it sometimes when you read some translations of the Bible, he was pledged to be married to Mary. In that culture, it was kind of like an engagement plus. You, you weren't yet living together, but you were considered married. And so Joseph finds out somehow, we don't know how, but he finds out that Mary is pregnant and it's not him. It's someone else. Can you imagine the shock, the horror, the heartache of knowing that Mary, the one that's pledged to be married to you, has gone and got herself pregnant with another man? That's how Joseph would have seen it and understood it. But then even more strange, <laughs> Joseph has a dream. And in the dream, an angel from God appears and says, Joseph, it's okay. You can still go ahead and marry Mary because... That baby that she's carrying, it was put there especially by God's Holy Spirit. What? I mean, that must have blown his mind. And then, strangest of all, he decides to actually take note of the dream and do what he heard in the dream. You know, he, he decided to listen to the message of this angel in his dream and go ahead and marry Mary anyway. That's, that's quite something. I mean, why did Joseph go through with it? You see, in that culture, there would have been real shame in being attached to someone who's decided to sleep with someone before they were married. That was a big no-no. 
And so Joseph potentially was risking his own reputation. But, but not only that, he decided to rely on a message he got in his dream. Anybody get weird dreams, right? You know, weird dreams where you think, right, that's pretty crazy. I'm not going to do that, right? He could have just passed it off as a crazy dream. Why would I do that? I mean, why would Mary be carrying a baby directly put there by God? Are you kidding me? But you see, I wonder whether there was something more that Joseph realized. What was it then? Why did he go through with it? Why did he go through with marrying Mary? Was it because Joseph was faithful? Well, we read actually in those verses that I just read a few moments ago, verse 19, it says that Joseph was faithful to the law. In other words, he was a devout Jew who followed the law of Moses. So if he really was truly faithful to the law, then what he would have done is he would have divorced Mary. Because the, the law of Moses said that actually if, if, if someone commits adultery, that is sex outside of marriage, then, then that person can be given a certificate of divorce. So he, he, he wasn't in that sense, he didn't decide to literally be faithful to the law. No, he did the opposite. He decided to take Mary on as his wife. Was it because Joseph was kind? Did he maybe feel some kind of pity for, you know, the situation and, and thought, okay, I'm going to take her on anyway? Well, I think Joseph was very kind. We, we read that it says that he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. That was very kind because actually, do you know what the penalty was for adultery in the law of Moses? Do you know what would happen if someone was exposed? What would happen? Does anybody know? They would be stoned to death. Wow. But instead, Joseph, is, in his kindness, he thought, I want to just quietly divorce her, not expose her publicly. So he was kind, but I don't think that was his complete reason or his motivation for doing it. Was it perhaps because Joseph was just simply obedient to God? Well, we read in verse 24 that when Joseph woke up from that dream, he did what the angel had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. Well, maybe he was, I think he probably was, a, someone that wanted to be obedient to God, but that's a lot to lay on just one dream, isn't it? To lay a significant decision in your life, who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, based on one dream. Was, was that the reason, that just he wanted to be obedient? I think more than Joseph being faithful to the law, more than him being kind, more than him being obedient to God, I wonder if it was because Joseph knew who he belonged to. You see, Joseph knew that he belonged to the house of David. He belonged, he knew, to the house and the line of David. He understood his inheritance. He knew about his heritage. He knew who he was. He knew his identity. You see, as somebody who belonged to the line, the house of David, he would have known the prophecies about, 
a coming Messiah. That's what the Jews were desperately waiting for, a Messiah, a a bringer of hope and peace, the one that would rescue Israel. And he would have known those prophecies that a savior was going to be born from the house of David. David, Joseph was from the house of David. Joseph also knew that a savior was going to be born in Bethlehem. Where was Joseph from? He was from Bethlehem. Joseph knew that that a savior was going to save and rescue his people from their sin. What did the angel say to Joseph? You're going to give him the name Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. It means God saves. So I think that Joseph knew who he belonged to. He knew that he belonged to the house and line of David. And so therefore God had chosen him and Mary to be part of this almighty plan. Joseph knew who he belonged to. So what about you? Who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? Are you somebody that could say, I belong to Jesus? I belong to King Jesus. Well, you see, I believe that when you have that mindset and when you know it, when it's in you, then you don't live with this sense of having to prove yourself worthy enough for God. What did I say about Joseph? I said he was faithful and he was kind and he was obedient. But you see, if you live with the idea that, yes, I can be all those things. I can show God that I'm faithful enough. I can show God that I'm kind enough. I can show God that I'm obedient enough. And that somehow that will make you acceptable to be part of God's line, of Jesus' line, of the family of God. No, it's not about your best efforts to prove yourself worthy enough to belong to God. Well, if I'm just kind enough, then God will see and he'll honor me and he'll let me into heaven. No, it's never, ever about that. It's never about your best efforts to prove yourself worthy enough for God. It's all about who you belong to. Do you belong to Jesus? Let me tell you just a few different verses from the Bible that show us why you can say that you belong to Jesus. You belong through the blood of Jesus. Why are you going on about blood, Stephen? Well, you know that Jesus died on the cross. That wasn't just a horrific act of of death, but actually it was incredibly symbolic and incredibly powerful because you see only a perfect blood sacrifice was able to deal with the issue of sin. You see what separates us from God, what makes us not acceptable to God is our sin. And so that's why when you read the Old Testament, you see lots and lots of descriptions of the way that they had to go through blood sacrifices to cover over their sin. But you see, Jesus, when he died on the cross, his blood was the perfect sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That means that when you are made clean 
Because of your sin, by the blood of Jesus, you belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. That means you can say, I belong to King Jesus. You also belong to the family of God. You see, when you commit your life to say, Jesus, I want to follow you with my whole heart, with my whole life, you get adopted into God's family. It's really precious, isn't it, when you hear a story of adoption of somebody, you know, a child that has been without parents and then they get brought into and they're made a son or a daughter in that family. They're not some kind of second best, second class. No, they become a prized, loved son or daughter in that family. And that's what happens when you and I commit our lives to follow Jesus. We belong in God's family. And that means as well that we share the same privileges and the same inheritance as Jesus. Jesus is God's son. And so, you know, you, you kind of expect that, well, you know, God the Father must really love his son Jesus. Surely Jesus is his favorite. No, do you know, God loves all those who belong to his family just as much as he loves Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Incredible. Listen to this verse from Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. In other words, we get to be part of God's family and we share the same amazing inheritance as Jesus. Wow. I belong to King Jesus. And then we're also made royal priests. Just like Joseph understood the fact that he was privileged to be part of the royal line of David. You and I, when we give our lives to follow Jesus, we become royal priests just like Jesus is the high priest. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Wow. You belong as a royal priest. So, you know, if you're someone that considers yourself a follower of Jesus and you're having a bit of a bad day, maybe a bit of a bad week, and you're thinking, I feel like I've failed God. I've not been very faithful. I certainly have not been very kind. I wish I was more obedient. You know, I believe that when we love God, yes, we're going to want to live those ways that honor God. But because we still struggle with sin, at times you're going to feel like a bit of a failure. And what can happen in those situations where you feel like you've let God down is you can start to be very hard on yourself and it's kind of like you're talking to yourself and you're like, you don't deserve God's goodness. You don't deserve God's love because you're just such a mess up. You're such an absolute idiot for what you, and you, you talk to yourself like that. Anybody ever do that? You kind of, you, you're, you're hard on yourself. But that is the moment where you need to remind yourself, I belong to King Jesus. That is my status. That is my identity. That is my heritage. That's the house and the line that I belong to. Just like Joseph, I believe he had this special sense of identity that he belonged to the house of David. And so he was privileged 
to have this part in the plan of God to bring the Messiah into the world. You and I, we get to say, I belong to King Jesus. And it might be your, your, your own thoughts and feelings. It might be your own flesh. But sometimes as well, the devil has a part to play too. What the devil wants to do is discourage you. The devil wants to put you down and think you are not good enough. God is, God is having doubts about forgiving you. God is not impressed with the way you're living. And you can start to have this sense of being oppressed and pushed down. And you feel like you should just curl away because you've failed God again and again and again. No, when you sense that that is probably the enemy, the devil, trying to discourage you, you need to declare, no, I belong to King Jesus. I belong to King Jesus. When you feel like you're doubting your calling, when you feel like you're doubting what God has put in place for you to do, when you think, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. No, you remind yourself, I belong to King Jesus, right? When you feel like you're going to fail again, when you feel like, okay, I'm too weak and I don't know if I've got the strength to do this, you remind yourself, I belong to King Jesus, Maybe some of you here tonight, you've been a Christian for a little while, but you look around and you still think, but those people, they're just so much stronger in their faith than me. And I, don't, I think I'm just always destined to be a bit weak and I'm always going to be, you know, second rate as a Christian. No, don't believe those kind of lies. You declare over yourself, I belong to King Jesus. My faith is going to grow. Maybe some of you need to tell yourself in 2024, and even start now, even though there's a couple of weeks to go, I belong to King Jesus. In 2024, my faith is going to grow. I'm going to have stronger faith than ever before. I'm not going to be defeated by the enemy again and again. No, I belong to King Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Maybe you're here tonight, and actually you've never made a firm decision to say, okay, I want to become a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight that it is honestly, it's the best decision and adventure that you'll ever take. It's not an easy one, but I believe it's the best one. You see, when you decide to commit your life to following Jesus, you're choosing to believe that Jesus died on the cross, carrying your sin and paying for it with his blood. You're choosing to believe that you get adopted into God's family. Wow. And that you can enjoy personal relationship with Jesus. And you're choosing to believe that you're going to reign forever as a co-heir with Jesus Christ. Not as a second rate, but as beautifully loved by God the Father. Just as God the Father loves his son Jesus. Wow. I belong to King Jesus. And so I'm going to lead us in a a prayer as we come towards the end now. And it's a prayer that says, Jesus, I want to commit my life to follow you. And if tonight you have this, I don't know, sense that that's a step that you need to take. You don't want to live life working it out on your own anymore. Or maybe tonight you realize that you've been really far from God for some time. And tonight you know you need to come back. Would you pray this prayer with me as well? 
So I'm going to invite the whole room to speak out the words on the screen. But if you know that tonight for you, you need to say it for the first time, or as a really deliberate yes, I want to come back to God, then speak these words out with me now. Let's say them together. Jesus, I acknowledge that I have done wrong things and that my sin has separated me from you. But I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Today, I ask for your forgiveness and thank you for your gift of new life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I choose relationship with you and I choose to live for you. Please come into my heart and change my life now and forevermore. Amen. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.